Hi, this is the Builders and Sellers podcast, where we bring you inspiring stories and expert advice from the world of startups and entrepreneurship. In today's episode, we are joined by Mohammed Mali, the founder and CEO of Yerotib, a social media startup company based in Bamako, Mali. Mohammed is here to share his journey as a startup founder, the challenges he's faced, how he met his co-founder, and the lessons they learned along the way. Enjoy. I'm Mohamed Mali. Uh, I'm an electrical and electronics engineer. I've always been um, very interested into the, into the STEM the STEM field, right? I went to the Turkish high school in Mali. It's called uh, Horizon. For university, I went to Mevlana University where I did a bachelor degree, like a, an undergrad degree in a electrical and electronics engineering, right? I've always been interested into uh, developing software, you know, um, what coding is, you know, all this kind of stuff. It was very interesting to me. So uh, after my graduation from uh, electrical and electronics engineering in Turkey, I went to uh, South Korea, to Seoul, Seoul National University. I wanted to know the world a little bit, like, you know, to know what's happening on the other side of the world. So I went to, I went to Seoul for... Um, Initially, I went for a Korean language course, and I stayed there for like a year. Then I applied for a grad school for software engineering in the Seoul National University. Uh, then, like, you know, after, I mean, in between uh, the, the, this period, right after the undergrad uh, degree, I came back to Mali for like three to four months, right? And during that period, I was a lot more interested into what was happening here in Mali when it comes to like uh, software development, uh, like what were the companies, what they were doing, what was happening so far and all this kind of stuff. I was very interested. So I got the chance to meet a few people in the ecosystem already. It's like not startups. I'm talking tech companies, you know, like established companies who sell software mostly uh, to the government. Of course, you know, West Africa is mainly like that. So I've had a, uh, a, the chance to meet a few uh, founders of those companies. And I was uh, very interested into... Um, like knowing what they do and helping them make their softwares, right? So when I went back to, uh, so when I went to South Korea for for the first year, for the language year, uh, there was uh, like, uh, there was uh, an offer for a software that was being done in Mali by the Malian government here. Uh, it was a management software to be able to track uh, how much seeds are being produced in the country locally, you know, so they can uh, plan their um, their importation, seed importation. And I applied for it. <laughs> I didn't really know how everything was going to happen, but I applied for it. Uh, came back to Mali, uh, did the software. It, it went pretty good. So, Malé has just graduated from university and had only worked on a couple of software projects, but he managed to secure a government contract. I was really intrigued by this and wanted to know more about the contracting process in Mali. Did he have any connections within the government that helped him land this contract? And how smooth was the process overall? Oh, no, be careful. I didn't know anybody in the government, but I know people from the, like, it's like okay, here's how it was organized. Like, you, they, you have a national association here that takes care of, like, everything that is seed production in Mali, right? I knew people there because, you know, in the first time when I got to Mali and I was working with those tech companies, I got to meet all these people. Really, I got to meet like almost all of them, the tech companies themselves, the people they work with, you know, so they knew me pretty much. 
But to be honest, what what helped me mainly get the job was uh, like. Well, there is that the fact that they know you, but there's also the fact that you know during the presentation, you know, of the uh, of the propositions for for the software, uh, others like people brought you know their PowerPoint presentations, you know, all this kind of stuff. But I brought a prototype. I told them uh, since the beginning of the presentation, hey, instead of uh, discussing what we were we are going to do, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna show you the software, and then you tell me what we should change. Let's do it now. And that was like very impressive for them. So that, that, that helped a lot. It looks like there's a lot of activity happening in the Malian startup ecosystem at the moment. So I thought it would be great to hear from someone who is actively involved in the scene and can give us a first-hand perspective. Well, I'll say right now the startup scene is in gestation, right? It's starting now. It's very recent. The idea of um, young people getting into building their own companies or getting into building something, like getting together to build something to solve a problem, it's very recent in Mali. So right now, there's a lot of people getting into it. Uh, you know, things are being organized slowly. You have young people getting into incubation, acceleration. They're building incubators, accelerators, startups, all here and there. But there's still not like a direction, really. It's much like a lot of energy. A lot of directions is chaotic a little bit, but it's it's taking shape. It's taking shape, really. It's taking shape. Like from 2021 to 2022, a lot changed. People got a lot more organized, a lot more interesting companies just, you know, like came out in different fields. People are innovating. So it's in the very, very beginning. You know, now is the time to get into it, really. On YaraTube, Malay isn't working solo. He's got a co-founder by his side. I asked him how they first connected. Yeah, I met her long before I started working on Yerachib. Um, before meeting her, I was working on a fintech. It was called MPay. It was, um, well, mainly the idea was to put in place a payment API for platforms, e-commerce websites, right? Because we don't have we don't have a lot of startups working on that here. I mean, there's almost none of them working on it. And only the ISPs out here, one ISP, mainly Orange from France, is working on that. So... Um, I was working on something like this. Uh, so I was meeting like uh, people from different banks and all this kind of stuff. And uh, the same problem was coming back all the time. Young people just don't use digital finances because they don't trust it a lot in Mali, right? It's a little bit cultural. Um, people don't trust uh, digits on the phone or something, you know. It's changing slowly, but uh, it's, still, it's still a big thing, a big thing out here. So I was thinking about uh, how can we get those young people like to use digital currencies, like to use digital finances without, you know, uh, kind of like startling them a little bit, if you see what I'm saying. So that's how I met her. I met her during a tech conference. That's my co-founder. I met her during a tech conference. I was giving a talk. I was giving a, a talk about uh, like tech in Mali and she was a student by the time. And she took part into into, into the conference. She was in her last year of, uh, of grad school. So uh, right after the conference, we had a long talk about um, digital finances in Mali, about how we could convince young people to get into it. And, you know, like, you know, exchanging, brainstorming, what came out was like, oh, you know what? If we can get young people to use what they're already using all the time and they trust all the time, and we can incorporate like an aspect of finances to it, we can slowly get them used to it, right? And we can make a transition. So for example, they, like here in Mali, what was booming in tech was social media. You know, it's Facebook, it's the meta companies, Facebook, Instagram, you know, TikTok and all this, all this kind of companies. So we thought, oh, you know what? If we can leverage the traction that these social media platforms already have with the young people and incorporate a, a, like a finance aspect to it, 
right? We can slowly get them used to like basic transactions, peer-to-peer transactions, right? Purchases online. And then when they get used to that, they adopt the solution that we propose to them. We can just like, you know, make the API, sell the API to the startups, and then they can use their wallet directly from our platform to, to buy items on other people's websites. That was the basic initial idea. It was not a social media upfront. But then it became a social media totally because when we started making the social media and then we started meeting people um, like content creators, we see that the, the, the opportunity in social media was huge. Like the prob- like there was so much problem in social media, in, in the content creation uh, market here in, uh, in Mali and honestly in the whole of Francophone Africa that we thought, yeah, there's something to be done out here. Like, you know, we can combine these two problems and make like a... a very viable solution to both of them. Starting a business is no easy feat, and starting and running an internet social media company can be especially challenging. That's why I was curious about YeraTube and how it differs from other social media platforms. Well, let me let, let me tell you initially what YeraTube is, right? Uh, as you know, it's a social media platform, digital, uh, you know, a digital marketplace for content creation. See, what we did with, with Yerachib was after observing that content creators out here in any of the Francophone African countries that you pick don't get uh, a, a way to make a living. There's no like monetization in Francophone Africa for any social media website. There's no way to do it, right? You have to go through so much hassle opening accounts in the in Europe or in the West to be able to make anything happen. But even then, there is definitely it's not going to happen for you. So um, we, we we thought about this and we said, hey, see, here's the thing. Even if those companies, if the big tech companies, the, the other social media platforms that are here in Francophone Africa decide to do monetization, they, they wouldn't be able to make it effective in this part of the world because of like, the complete difference between how our financial system is structured and how their financial system is structured. It's not the same thing, right? So out here, what is mainly used is mobile money, right? So people don't have bank accounts. They just don't, just don't waste your time, right? So it's mobile money that's mainly used out here, right? So we thought about this. We said, uh, um, we're going to put in place our social media platform and we're going to make it possible for content creators out here in Africa to be monetized directly right here in Africa just with their phone number, right? If, they ha- if you have a mobile money uh, account, you can be monetized, right? That's the only requirement that you have. But at the same time, uh, we wanted to make, we wanted to put in place the platform to make it international. So we wanted like content creators in Africa to be able to to make revenue with their fans abroad. So their fans in the US, in Europe, wherever they are. So we still want it to be to be possible for them. So Yerachib is unique in that sense that um, a, a comedian right now in Mali, for example, who was not making anything from his art can actually now make a revenue. And they are making revenue right now on Yerachib just by posting their videos still. But then the diaspora can send them tips um, they can receive ad revenues, right? And they can also sell their exclusive content on the platform, right? So, yeah, that's the main difference. See, like it's like if you have a comedian in Mali right now, um, they are putting their video, somebody in the USA likes it, they can send them tips, but the tips are in form of points on the platform. It's like digital currency still, right? So it's in form of points. So like uh, the people can buy the points. Users can buy the points using their bank card, using PayPal, whatever international solution you have. You can buy points using that. And you can cash out your points using mobile money solutions, right? So the content creators in Mali can receive tips from their fans in the US. 
and they can just cash it out, you know, directly in their, you know, mobile wallet. So that's like the main advantage of Yerachim on other platforms. And that, that's actually what drove traction uh, in Mali and Senegal and Africa. Also. And, and the thing is, it's like, you know, uh, sometimes people, and I say, I say this to the people that, uh, that ask me this question all the time, they say, why do all those platforms do not uh, monetize us? I say, because they can't. Basically, it's just that it's like, okay, well, if you take our market particularly, I'm not going to get into the Nigerian market, like if you take the Francophone African market, and if you look at their business models, it's not adapted. See, they make revenue from ad revenues. Nice. But then the advertisers have to be willing to sell something to the audience. Are you guys the audience? Companies in Mali are willing to advertise to, to touch the audience in Mali. So if you put in place the social media, you can put in place also inside the social media an ad module. So companies can just launch their ad and users get to watch it, right? And then here's, here's also um, um, uh, something that drove traction uh, with Yerachib in, uh, in Mali. It's like we, we put in place like a, an ad revenue system, which makes it so like the users who actually watch the ads also get some points, right? So this this system actually like uh, is what's uh, what makes what made the Yerachib kind of like different from all the other social media platforms out here, and it, it kind of put it in like in in Mali uh, in Africa, it put it in the mind of users among the the the, the, the big techs, right? So now they think they, they think Yerachib, they don't think local company, they rather think uh, Facebook, YouTube, Yerachib, TikTok, you know. So it's because uh, also like you know. Um, I get a lot of advantages, really, for, for the users out here in Africa. So, starting and running a startup can be costly. And I wanted to know how he's been able to grow Yeratube and attract users without any major funding. We've been quite lucky. Um, see, when we, when I first start, when we first uh, started the platform, uh, the startup itself, uh, we had, I mean, I had already made a little bit of revenue from uh, coding softwares, you know, prior to that and selling software. So I invested like all that revenue in the app because, you know, it's very costly to be able to uh, to maintain even the, 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 the web hosting, you know, just the, just the hosting, you know, data hosting was extremely expensive. After we launched the platform and um, with all the effort we made, I I mean, there was a, there's an incubator, an incubator here. Uh, there's an accelerator uh, structure here called Impact Herb. I don't know if you've heard of them. I really, really, really appreciate them. I think they are the best in this country, really, when it comes to helping young people get get things uh, in place, right? So um, they saw a program. I mean, they were working on a program that could help us with uh, free credits from Amazon Web Services. That was a game changer for us, really. So imagine since that time up to now we've not been going through uh the whole things you know all this kind of stuff we've just been focusing on making the product better and better mainly i asked him about the current number of active users on YeraTube. uh as of today if we do like all platforms combined we are around 175,000 users active users when i asked him if the majority of these users are malians he had this to say Oh, no, 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 no. They are spread all across the world. Mali has the biggest audience, followed by Ivory Coast, followed by Senegal, then followed by the US, France, then the other French-speaking countries in Africa because of the diaspora. In Mali, 
and many other African countries, many mobile users don't download apps from the App Store. Instead, they get them from their friends through Bluetooth or a file sharing app. This got me thinking about the impact this might have on knowing the actual user base of Yeratube. Definitely, definitely. This is a problem that I actually keep talking about all the time. People don't realize it, right? Um, because it, like the, the App Store just shows downloads that were done directly from the Play Store or the App Store. And that's not really like the download count in Africa. I'll say in Africa in general, because uh, I thought that was uh, more of a West African problem. But then if it's also the case in Nigeria. So, yeah, it's similar here, too. It's the same thing. Actually, uh, I'll even go a little further. I'll say it's like um, if you look at the download count for like, the usage count for your app, you will you you should take a rule of thumb would be a 60 per, 60 40 kind of rate for like you should think like 40 percent of your users will come from the, like directly sending apps to each other it is it, it is a big problem because yeah it changes the numbers on the play stories and all this stuff but then it's also impact sometimes like um if you're making updates right if you send each other apps usually you don't get the latest version that is on the play store or yeah, so that, that's also a problem that some users will experience because they will still send apps to each other and then complain <laughs> about why this this functionality is not here. But yeah, it's, it's a reality that we have to deal with uh, as, as African founders. It is something that is just ever present. I asked him if he had plans to expand to Nigeria. Yeah, I mean, we had plans for that, but, but... See, you have to uh, understand the ecosystem first, right? You have to do a lot of benchmarking. You have to analyze how things are happening there, especially if you're getting into uh, the Nigerian market. In Africa, basically, if you're getting into the big four uh, countries' market, uh, Nigeria, Kenya, you know, Egypt, and South Africa, you have to really, really be able to analyze how the market is structured, how things work. Because um, something something that we came to, to notice is like from one country to the other in Africa, things are very different, Right. For example, in like in Mali, if you do like direct advertise Google ads, for example, in Mali, wouldn't work as much as they would in Ivory Coast, for example. We, we've, we've came to see these small differences between countries. So I'm thinking also if you go to Nigeria, it's going to be a whole new world, right? So we, we do have it as plans, but we're trying to be stable first in Francophone Africa and West Africa, basically, and then we can expand to those countries. But we do have it as plans, as you can see, because if you look at the app, you have a Swahili version for the app. And the Kenya Rwanda version of the app, that says a lot about what we're trying to do. <laughs> I asked him if YaroTube makes money at the moment and how. We make a revenue from, uh, from, from advertisement. We make revenue from uh, people buying points and tipping their creators. Collaboration is crucial when it comes to starting and growing a successful startup. That's why I asked Mohammed about the partnerships and collaborations he has formed while developing, distributing, and marketing YaroTube. Yeah, we had a lot of uh, partnership basically uh, with startups here for for digital advertisement now, you know, for content production, like helping people with content production. We've had partnerships in that sense. Uh, for our with our incubation, it was nice because they help us on every single forefront. They're helping us organize the the products in the company, so that's very very important for us. Uh, so that, that's like our main, I call them our main partners. Uh, and they're also helping us fundraise. And um, basically, we also work with uh, some local startups in for exa- in Ivory Coast, for example, Sinat Pay, for mobile money uh, cash-in modules. 
So we don't do that ourselves. So like people buy points using their API on our app. And he proceeded to describe in detail how he forged partnerships with local radio stations in Mali. Um, we're building partnerships with the radio stations out here, right? Because see, they are suffering from the social media competition. Like it's, it's very rough on them, right? So they need a way to to go through their digitalization process. So we propose them the, the platform. See, we can give you a space, the e-radio. You're going to be on that platform. But at the same time, people can listen, can stream your station anywhere in the world at any time online live. But at the same time, they can also send you tips. You can still also make your revenue online. All the while just animating your radio, you know, just like on a normal day. And they were like, they loved this option, right? So, um, see, this, and this is the thing. That's why sometimes I'm like, Farouk, there's so many things that we can do. See, for example, when, when we went to see the first radio station, right, just just for the for, for a little story, uh, when I got there, uh, I first initially learned how streaming online works for radios, right? How it works. And it, it seemed pretty, not that hard for me, right? So I went to see the, the radio station. I knew a friend of mine. He knew somebody who owned one. And I went to see that, that guy. I asked him, why don't you guys stream online? You guys have, most of your audience today are in the diaspora. And you guys only live on like, you know, gifts from the diaspora. That's what they are living off of, right? Most of them. And amazingly, they tell me, oh, because uh, the cost of the internet is, uh, is too high. I'm like, look, it's not that high. See, for example... You can, if, if you were on a digital platform where you can receive tips, you can receive uh, support from the people who listen to you in the diaspora, you'd be able to not only pay for your internet fees, but you can actually even make more revenue from it. And he was very interested. I'm like, this is very easy to do. And then, you know, I put in place uh, the initial configuration for him. And uh, Yerachib took care of the, 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 the initial internet fees for them. You know, we brought to them the fiber optics from the ISPs, like the fastest connection, we install it for them. And then, you know, uh, we configured for them the virtual DJ softwares and all this stuff. We, we, we gave them the, the license and they tried it for a month. And then the money we made from their tips was higher than the cost of the internet. I told them, see, you can easily pay for your own stuff, but like you have to make, okay, we, yeah, we have to try and we have to help you. We will definitely do so. You know, just coming from the ad revenues, uh, the, the hours of streaming they had, the tips that they had from people who actually love their channel, but sometimes don't even know how to send them, uh, like, support. They don't even know sometimes, you know. People um, scam other people because of that. Because you have to give a phone number. And nobody can check if it's actually, if actually your phone number. We were running out of time. So I asked him if he had any advice for future African founders. Future founders in Africa. It's not going to be easy, guys. It's, it's not going to be easy. We are now, we are founders now. We're trying to do our best to make, a, to make up a path for you guys. Um, we, we, we can't promise we can make any interesting thing. Like we, we can't promise we can make it to the, to the end for you guys, but we can at least show you that it's possible to be done, right? But it's not going to be easy. You're not going to have only good friends along the way, people who just want you. Now, if, you, if anything, you're just going to have obstacles from one end to the other. And please do not look at the Western ecosystem and uh, see how sometimes how easy it is for them over there. Sometimes I'm just saying it's just easy, but like how easier it is on them and think that what you're doing is not worth doing. It's, it is worth doing. It's just that you're not going to get the same treatment as they are because it's harder for you. For you, it's new. 
they had to go through the same problems when they were starting. So you have to go through it. So be really be resilient. Uh, be be determined. Be ready to take criticism. Really, it's it's important. And understand, please, please, please understand when to stop. Uh, also, it's your responsibility to do it because the continent today needs this, right? We need to make this effort. We need to make this happen. We need to change the ecosystem. It's important for us. Africa are not. Africa is not in the same level. If you take Africa as such, the Nigerian market is not the same as the Senegalese market. But the Nigerian youth still has to make something happen for Nigeria and make the Nigerian ecosystem just like the U.S. wants, just like the Senegalese youth has to do the same thing. So your effort might not be the same, but the goal is the same. So just like get ready for the fight and let's do this. With this, I thank Mali for joining us today and sharing his insights on the social media landscape in Mali. It's been a pleasure to learn more about the YouTube and the challenges he faced in building a successful business in such a dynamic and rapidly changing industry. I hope that you, the listeners, have gained some valuable insights and inspiration from his story. And I encourage you to follow his journey on social media and stay up to date with the latest developments at YouTube. As always, I appreciate your time. I look forward to having you back on the show in the future.